Hello again, friends, and welcome to the E-Style Classic Countdown, the ESCC. You know what that means. That means the weekend has arrived, and you didn't think you were going to make it through. You ought to be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> well, I'm not, because we did make it through. Uh, today, of course, as usual, is our 70s countdown. Uh, hang on, I need a drink. And just like with uh, last week when we did a two-for-one, we're going to do the same thing again this week, and I will tell you why. Um, our initial one that we're going to start off with is this week in 78. And if you know your ESCC history, or your chart history for that matter, you know that um, the same trio of brothers that we talk about on almost every 70s countdown <laughs> reigns supreme again. Not that that's a, a bad thing necessarily, uh, because it's not. My mother was a fan of these guys. I know some of you are too. I am also, but it's just they did a lot back then, and this is the week and the time of uh, year that they're usually covered the most, um, as they should be. They have the number one song. They have three of the songs in the top ten. Two more here they wrote or co-wrote. One of those two is with their baby brother. Oh, heck, you know who it is. <laughs> their baby brother, Andy who will soon enough dethrone them from the number one song. To say nothing of the fact that they have the number one album as well. I'm sure that puts it all into perspective for you. And if that don't, I don't know what will. <laughs> I really don't. But we'll uh, roll along with it. Um, after that, I got another one, a more interesting one when you consider the diversity of the acts here um, in this top 10, and it's this week in 72. But most of you know anyway, if you're fans of mine or you're fans of The Countdown, you know I usually prefer the earlier uh, material more anyway. Not that the disco stuff wasn't hitting, because it was. Um, it is. It still does, but I um, the earlier uh, music and material will always mean a little bit something more. The disco stuff was all right. Uh, we got a lot of it here this week in 78. Um, first, got some things to talk about music-wise. Uh, a couple of losses over the week. Uh, two, bir Three birthdays today. Uh, none of them necessarily classic rockers, but that doesn't mean we can't talk about them. First, um, did we discuss uh, Riri and her uh, Super Bowl appearance? I might have left it out because we had so much going on um, outside of this and in my regular job life as well. Um, well, apparently, I think she did a great job with it myself. There have been better Super Bowl performances and there have been worse. 
Riri didn't do so bad. Didn't do so bad, and it must have worked because uh, this week she makes history on the album charts. Five of her albums returned to the top fifty on uh, Billboard's uh, two hundred, otherwise known as the album charts, uh, if you will. She is only the seventh person to ever do that. You basically. Uh, like I said, my Facebook posts have to have died to have uh, five albums of yours return to the top 50. And uh, three of the other six that I had mentioned, that's exactly what happened to them. They died, people bought their uh, records again, and they would hit the top 10 all over again. In some cases, some even went to number one. Um... The six others with five albums in the top 50 are Golden Girl, Miss Swift, Mac Miller, Prince, Whitney Houston, The Glee Cast, and I still have trouble with that, and uh, Garth, Garth Brooks. The only other people, Riri joins that list now as the only people to have five albums in the top 50 at the same, in the same week, at the same time. Not a bad list, but the Glee cast? Hmm. Uh, Miller, Prince, and Whitney are the ones who I believe, after they passed, their records charted all over again. And um, we have at least five make the top five again. And then Swift, Garth, and the... Glee cast. Still have some trouble with that. The Glee cast. Um, never mind. Bear with me, guys. I'm eating some flaming hot Doritos as I'm talking to you, and I shouldn't be because that's like very unprofessional. I don't think Casey ever ate anything during his countdowns, and I am no Casey by any stretch of the imagination. Um, anything else to discuss music-wise? I thought there would have been, as you know, as far as things going on today. Um, no journey news I can think of, except that Greg Raleigh has already joined them for a couple of shows here on their 50th anniversary uh, tour. I think they're out with Toto right now doing their thing. And um, uh, much to the chagrin, apparently, of a couple of members uh, who didn't want Raleigh joining them. Well, he did it anyway, and they're out there now, and they're good. Um, in fact, a friend of mine saw them uh, when they came to her area of... Uh, I think they were in Louisville or Lexington, Kentucky, where my friend lives nearby. And um, I think this was before Raleigh joined them for that show. And um, I asked her, you know, was everything copacetic? Because, you know, many of us know about the, the journey drama and all that. And she said, yeah, they got their songs off without a hitch show went well um, even though band members aren't talking but they didn't bring that to the stage she said and that's good you know that's very professional that they that they did that so 
Um, so that's awesome. Uh, a couple of goodbyes, as I mentioned. Um, Chuck Jackson, who, um, uh, his one big hit that I know of, uh, Any Day Now, uh, he did that. I know the Ronnie Millsap uh, cover version better. Uh, that more came out, I think, like late 70s, early 80s, maybe. And another one was that, um, yeah, no, this is initially how it went. But Chuck was that guy. We just lost him this week. And we lost uh, a composer and songwriter by the name of Tom Whitlock. Uh, you may not know the name, but if you watched Top Gun, and I still have yet to see Top Gun, you know his work on there. He co-wrote and wrote a lot of the tunes on there, including the annoying Take My Breath Away. <laughs> I hate that song. Uh, Berlin did make a number one hit out of it, and Whitlock did the uh, lyrics to that. To his credit here, got a Grammy and an Oscar, I believe, for, like, best song or something like that. Um... For you, you take my breath. For take my breath away. There's others called you take my breath away, but there's also a take my breath away Berlin song that we're referring to now. That Whitlock and um, the people that compose that with him have uh, the Oscar for that, and I believe he co-wrote a Danger Zone for Loggins, also on uh, Top Gun. So very that that that's pretty cool. I must admit, even though that song, that Danger Zone's a great song. Uh, I'm shocked that Loggins didn't have anything to do with the writing of that because he's known for his writing as well as his singing. But no, that's just all Whitlock and I believe Giorgio Moroder, who um, he has his fingers in the pie for like every known and worthwhile song soundtrack, movie soundtrack of uh, most of the 80s and the 70s for that matter. Great composer, great writer, and Whitlock must have been too to have worked with the guy. And I think he's worked with him more than once, but Top Gun is uh, the main one he's known for. So um, RIP to both of those guys. We lost. Marauder is still around. And um, probably still doing soundtracks, <laughs> as far as I know. Uh, all right. As always, we like to flip it around. Happy style birthdays. John Doe of uh, X, seminal L.A. punk band, never got the due that they should have. The one or two tracks I've ever heard from them have just been killer. Um, many of you know John. Of course, Doe isn't his real name. I looked it up, and uh, I think it's... I think he was born John Dutcham or something like that. <laughs> Which you can see now why he switched it to Doe. It's a stage name. It's a, a pseudonym. Uh, John, as you know, for a while, was married to Exine, who is with him in uh, X. And they still um, play together as X. And I think he has a couple other um, side projects that he does in music. He's also known for his prolific acting. Some of you saw him in Roswell. Some of us know him best in um, Roadhouse with Swayze. Uh, so, you know, he 
switches back and forth on doing both while X again are, are still together. I think it's the same lineup that they've always had. Wow. Imagine making music with an X. Um, we've seen cases of that Fleetwood Mac, of course, is the bigger name and X and, um, a couple others that escape me right now. But, um, that's great that they uh, are still doing it. The Alarm. I think they're still together, too. Mike Peters is the lead vocalist and uh, guitarist of The Alarm, and I believe the co-founder of that band as well, too. He celebrates a birthday today. Oh, 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 oh. I see The Alarm videos in my head, and I can't think of the names of them. How sad is that? Um, but you know who they are, um, they came along about the same time as, well, maybe a little bit later after U2 and all those guys, but are kind of like the godfathers of the um, alternatives, alternative scene, if you will. The scene they gave us Nirvana and Pearl Jam and da-da-da-da-da. Uh, and all those guys. Happy birthday, Mike Peters. Happy birthday to Daniel Powder as well. Um, one hit wonder for... Um, uh, another very annoying song. Uh, you remember Bad Day, don't you? Because you had a bad day. And you turned it around or something like that. Yeah, yeah he's that guy. He wrote it, I believe, as well as sung it. I think that's like his only hit. Because uh, he did kind of disappear since then. But if you're going to have one, I guess you got to make it good. I know, although that one wasn't good... That's still him. Uh, he's having a good day today. Apparently, if it's his birthday. So, uh, hopefully, his bad days are over. All right. Uh, this weekend's 78. We'll have this weekend 72 after this. Um, but those famous trio of brothers, as I said, that are all over this countdown, actually kick it off as well with a former number one. How Deep Is Your Love? You know who I'm talking about. I'm sure you knew then and there. The Bee Gees. How Deep Is Your Love? At number 10 from the number one album. Rumors. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, of course. Uh, speaking of killer soundtracks, we know Saturday Night Fever was in its day as well. We're not done with the Bee Gees just yet. Hang tight. Number nine, Clapton. Probably written by the Bee Gees as well. This is Lay Down Sally. I, I'm just kidding. I know it's not. <laughs> but it wouldn't shock me. Eight. Another one from the number one album. The Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. And it's Night Fever. Night Fever. Those dreaded Gib Brothers again. On their way to number one with this. And it's Night Fever. Seven. Probably written by the Gibb Brothers. Okay, I'll, I'll quit. Um, no, Freddie did this one himself. We Are the Champions by Queen at number seven. Got to number four, dropping down to seven this week. Peaked at number four, down to seven. <laughs> Six. Yowza, yowza, yowza. It's chic. And dance, dance, dance. I've only ever heard two people say yowza in my life. This song and the guy at uh, Police Academy 2. 
And I can't think of that shower scene and him going, yowza, yowza, without thinking of this song. <laughs> look it up. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, but if you don't, please look it up. It's out there. It's out there for you to see. Chic and Dance, Dance, Dance are number six. Number five, definitely written by the Bee Gees, and you can tell because they even sang on the doggone thing. It's Emotion by Samantha Sang. I'm still debating if Samantha actually sang this or not. I still think it's uh, the Bee Gees on there. Well, of course it would be. It's their song. Four, Samantha sang their song. Four, sometimes when we... And you never know if the Bee Gees uh, did this one too. Sometimes when we touch. And it's Dan Hill from Canada. Actually, we know the Bee Gees didn't do this because... They wouldn't have been clever enough to put their song in the Geico commercial like uh, Hill did. <laughs> I can still see that little gecko. And the, the chick on the beach just running around. Uh, anyway, Hill's on his way to number three with this as well, as is uh, Sang with Emotion. Both going to peak at number three. The current number three is at its peak position as well. A lot of number. I'm guessing with the Bee Gees, like all over the place, your songs can only go so high. <laughs> and there's three examples right there. Here's the third of the three, and it's Just the Way You Are by Billy Joel. I believe his first top ten. And it's going to peak at number three. Those doggone Gibb brothers, I tell you what. Two. Now, of course, unless your kid brother is a singer and you write songs with and for your kid brother as well, they're going to go to number one. And this is no no different either because it's Andy and love is thicker than water. At number two, he's on his way to trouncing his brothers at number one. But first, we got one more week of staying alive. Stay <coughs> <clears throat> Staying alive from the soundtrack to Guess Who, which is also the number one Guess Who this week as well. <laughs> oh, there's too many Gibbs running around. And the haunting thing is that all but one of them are now gone. Uh, I think I said before, I think Barry has um, two sisters, not as famous, well, not famous at all, really that are staying alive in addition to Barry himself. Personally, I don't know how he's still, cause he still tours on occasion and stuff. It's gotta be hard for him though, to seriously though, to look over and not see his brothers there with him when he does his solo shows. That, that's gotta be rough on, on the real, on the real here guys. Seriously. You got to feel for the guy when it comes to that, but you know, life goes on and Barry I if I remember right would get the ideas going for most if not all of their tunes and then the other two you know would come on hey let me get my input in here somewhere and uh, the rest is history and staying alive is no different um trying to think I did find a little intel on this. Nothing very exciting, but many of us know how Saturday Night Fever came into play, right? There was a, a writer for the 
New York Times. The New York Times actually got checked, uh, name checked in staying alive. Uh, there was a writer, I think for the New York Times, who was, um, I guess, one of the old school writers, if you will, and you know, hey, we've come a long way in music and disco is like all over the joint. And he put that into an article in the New York Times. Uh, Stigwood, Robert Stigwood, who was running the Bee Gees label at the time, capitalized on this article um, by getting the Saturday Night Fever movie together. This was, mind you, this was before Travolta got involved from what I understand. I don't even think they had a script for it at the time. I, If I remember right, the movie was written around the songs. I believe the songs came first. Uh, Barry's and his brothers and, and all of that. And, um, I, I, and I can't swear to this, but I swear that the, the movie was written around the songs. Don't quote me on that. But... Um, uh, of course, the, the rest is history. Um, when it comes to staying alive in particular, I guess uh, Stickwood told the Gibbs, you know, uh, hey, can you come up with a song called Saturday Night? And the Gibb brothers, to their credit, not only did not do that, but didn't relent. You know, Stickwood, I guess, was, you know, hey, it's... Saturday Night Fever, you gotta have a song called Saturday Night on it. And the brothers were, you know, hey, there's been enough Saturday Night songs. Let's do this a little different. Hence, Night Fever, on its way to number one, was born because of that, in addition to um, Staying Alive. And then the, the rest of all that is history. <laughs> like I said, nothing overly exciting with that, but there, there you go. Um... If I must listen to any of these, because I've never heard the entire soundtrack, just more of the songs that the Bee Gees did on here. And I think I think Night Fever held on to number one, the longest of all of them. And um, but. Well, I was going to say. Night Fever was the one that I'm, I'm assuming, because I keep in mind, I wasn't even 10 yet. <laughs> I'm assuming that Night Fever was the one that they danced to the most. But I could see Staying Alive being that one also. Um, I, If I must listen to the soundtrack, if I ever do, Staying Alive would be the one for me. I always liked it better than Night Fever anyway. But not all the public agrees. Night Fever held on much longer to number one than Staying Alive did. I think Staying Alive was four weeks. Night Fever was like seven or eight weeks. Something like that. That And that that's not bad. All right. Let's, uh, well, we can't fast forward because we're going back to 72 um, for this next one. The Bee Gees were actually in the top 20 with a song called My World. Never heard of it. But it predates the uh, disco stuff. Well, obviously, because of the six-year difference there. Um, the guy at number one... Actually, the, the guys who wrote this has got to be one of the most heartbreaking stories in rock and roll. Many of you know about it. Those who don't, you're going to get a, 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 an amazing education 
with how the business can be. I, I do every time I hear this story. It, it's horrible. Um, the singer of the song um, <clears throat> didn't fare a whole lot better uh, just before he died, but we'll, we'll get into all of that. Uh, this weekend, 72, 10, I didn't know this was a top 10, Sweet Seasons from a recent Hall of Famer, Carol King, in for the second time, as we know. Uh, she's in as a writer and now as a performer. Uh, rockhall.com is where you want to go to get your votes in for this year. Um, I forgot who was the top vote getter because I haven't looked at it since they announced. Um, maybe I will tonight and give you an update tomorrow. But yeah, Carol King at number 10, Sweet Season 9. Why do people hate this song? <laughs> Why do people hate American Pie? I I didn't even like it as a kid. I've come to appreciate it more later. But McLean's former number one is at number nine from the number one album, also called American Pie, the title track, of course. Uh, Don McLean. I was just thinking about bread over the last couple of nights, um, and everything I own is at number eight. I think it's on its way to number five. Right now, resting at eight, seven. Another cover, The Lion Sleeps Tonight by Robert Sad Eyes John. Uh, If I must listen to Robert, this would be the one, not Sad Eyes. I grew up more on Sad Eyes, obviously, than I did on this version of uh, Lion Sleeps Tonight. Who did that first? Um, I want to say The Tokens, sometime in the early, mid-60s, I believe, did that first. Six? (laughs) I love this one. Joy by Apollo 100. If that doesn't ring a bell, and the title didn't ring a bell to me either until I actually heard it, you know the song. It's instrumental, and it goes like, and many of you know I'm not a singer, so I will interpret this the best I can. <laughs> um, it go, You heard it, I'm sure. Uh, that's the best I can do with it. Oops. Sorry. I'm sorry. That's the best I could do with that. I know it was on some commercial as a kid. It escapes me what commercial, but I'm sure you know it. It's Joy by Apollo 100. Five, it's the Osmonds. We had them number one a week ago. Now they're at number five with Down by the Lazy River. Four, second of two former number ones. It's Reverend Al and Let's Stay Together. I wonder if that was for the lady that threw the grits at him. No, that, that actually came later, I believe. Not making a joke of that, because uh, grits are hot when they come off uh, the stove like that. Three, it's Precious and Few by Climax. Okay, I need some help. <laughs> well, we know that. You have Climax here as Precious and Few. We have the Climax Blues Band, which will come along later with Couldn't Get It Right. I'm not getting this right as far as who is who is who. Um, there was another Climax. Not the I Miss You. Not that Climax, because they were the K. And it's a whole bunch of sisters saying that. Um, wasn't there another Climax? Besides the Sister Girls, um, 
I want to say there was another climax. But the song is messing with me now. And it could have been one of the original climaxes here that I mentioned. I don't know. <laughs> but this climax is precious and few. And I think it peaks at number three. Because that's where it is now. To the pride of Downey, California, as I always say. Richard and Karen. Speaking of working with your brother, here you go. Um, and hurting each other. And that's as high as this would get. Because of Without You, Harry Nielsen, the number one song this week in 72. Um, must point out to you, the writers of this song were also in the top 20 with uh, Day After Day. Yes. Bad Finger. Uh, Pete Ham, who wrote and sung on Day After Day himself, co-wrote Without You with Tom Evans, the bass player of Badfinger. <clears throat> um, day After Day, one of my personal favorites of all time. I mean, we're talking top five, maybe, all time, maybe even higher than that. But, like the guy said in Behind the Music, that wasn't their biggest hit. Uh, of that month and that year because it's right here, actually, Without You by Nielsen. Badfinger did it first. It's on their No Dice album in 70. Nielsen got wind of it and, like many of us, thought Badfinger was a Beatles band. Uh, or actually thought that Without You was uh, the Beatles. Crazy thing about that is that when Badfinger first got signed, they were at the Beatles label, Apple, at the time. And Nielsen uh, was great friends with uh, Lennon and with Ringo. Oh, I was going to mention, this would have been Harrison's birthday today. He would have been 80. Imagine that. Uh, okay, and Nielsen was close with Lennon, was close with Ringo. I believe in later years he got close to McCartney. But, um... Yeah, heard without you. Wanted to cover it even after knowing that it was uh, Badfinger that did it first, and um, well, the rest is history. There, he made it a number one on his own. He had hits with um, what's that annoying one? Everybody's talking at me, and things like that. You know, a great song of his that I like that he. I think he wrote this one himself. Put the line in the coconut. I can't even do that song without laughing. But it is a great song. And I actually enjoy that better than Without You. But because of the writers of the band, of this song, and of Badfinger, and because I love Badfinger, we must discuss it. And it's a horrible thing, even. I was just watching their Behind the Music um, the other day. On this, no, I was watching yesterday. Um, on a break at work, and the story with these guys is just horrible. All right, um, let's see. Badfinger, even with all the great success that they had with Apple, somehow found themselves a, a business manager, a very crooked business manager. And obviously, they didn't know it at the time. Um, they would come to find it out later. It, it's not 
He walked in. Hi, I'm Stan. I'm about to take all your money. Nice to meet you. Let's go have a ball. It wasn't that simple, I don't believe. But, um, and these things always happen in, in the music business, and they do today. You really got to watch who's what, who's managing your your finances if you're in a big-time band. Well, even if you're not in a big-time band. But this guy somehow coerced uh, Badfinger into leaving Apple and signing with the Warner Brothers. Um, against everyone's better judgment. Hey, don't do it. I don't know about this guy. And da 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 da. They went ahead and signed to Warner Brothers and left Apple. And it all just went downhill from there. Uh, we're talking missing money here. We're talking escrow accounts. We're talking no tours booked. These guys started to have um, their own families in the snap. Um, no gigs were booked. I could do a podcast just on that and that alone. But again, you hear all these stories all all the time with um, many artists and it's horrible, so horrible that it would draw not one, but two members of, uh, of Badfinger to suicide. And um, it just happened to be the two guys who wrote Without You. Ham and Evans, as I mentioned. Now, you you, you may think that, uh, well, hey, they get royalties for writing without you. It was a number one hit. They were rolling in the dough. What are you talking about? And yeah, that's the thing I thought, too. But even um, with that, apparently there was some unwritten rule. Look up the, there behind the music, if you don't believe me. Look up there behind the music. It's all there. But there was some unwritten rule that because without you did so well for Nielsen, that the other four, um, that the other two members were like, you know, hey, you guys wrote the songs here, and that's fine, but we should get some of that also, just kind of as an unwritten thing, and uh, that's what they did. And somehow, some way, even the business manager gets a portion of that. Is supposed to get a portion of that, and this guy took more than his own portion, if you if you know what I'm saying, that, um, that would lead the first guy into, um, ham P ham, who I said wrote at day after day and sung it so sweetly that and other things led to ham killing himself in 75, hanging himself. Um, Evans would do it later after, um, another member of the band, Joey Mollen. Um, Mollen would get Badfinger back together with Evans a few years later, but their songs went nowhere, probably because the disco era was happening and all that, and all the Beatles-sounding groups of the day were done, you know, chart-wise, anyway, success-wise. It was all the Bee Gees. It was all Donna Summer the village people and stuff like <laughs> I don't know where the village people came from, but Hey, and then, and so, um, bad fingers music didn't sell as well as it used to for whatever reason. So then Molland would split off, have his own bad finger. Evans would split off, have his own bad finger. Neither band did well 
um, with their Badfinger versions, except for, you know, like the oldie circuit, if you will. Even in 83, there was um, some renewed interest in a lot of the 60s and 70s bands, but not a lot. Not like we have now, that's for sure. Um, Evans, for some some way, somehow, was financially destitute, had his own family, like I said, even with um, without you and the royalties and all that, it wasn't enough money still for Evans. So he would end up hanging himself in uh, 83. Uh, Molland to this day is still around with his own version of Badfinger. And um, I guess they do pretty well here in America. Latter-day Badfinger member Bob Jackson, who was a member of the Fortunes, they were the guys that did, um, I want to say, these were the guys that did Here Comes That Rainy Day Feeling Again. Um, He's still around, and he has his version of Badfinger in the UK. So this vicious cycle just goes on and on and on. But um, Jackson and Molland are still... You'll see them on the Behind the Music if you haven't seen it already. Uh, they're both still active with their versions of Badfinger and still doing their thing today. Um, you, you know, I I always get lost in that story every time I uh, hear about it and uh, tell it to you. Because, like I said, it's just so heartbreaking. Nielsen, for his part, we lost him in uh, 94. In fact... Um, and I wasn't going to bring her up because I know some of you can't stand Mariah. But to her credit, Mariah did a not too bad version of Without You herself in uh, 90, in 94. Released it coincidentally, because I'm sure it wasn't done deliberately, literally a few weeks after Nielsen died was when she released her version of Without You. Hit number three. Um, so you hope that, you know, because it's been done all over again and it was a success that the uh, estates of Ham and Evans hopefully are doing better now than they did back then. You know, Mariah, I still prefer her songs herself that she wrote and co-wrote as to anything she's covered. But if she has to cover something, um, that's my favorite of hers. Oh, and uh, I'll be there. Obviously, she did pretty good with that one from uh, Unplugged, which was before her uh, cover of Without You. All right. I've got a very dry throat giving you all of that info. Um, but I hope you enjoyed. I enjoy giving it to you. I hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, we will be back with you tomorrow for the 80s countdown. I didn't get to do it last week, but we are definitely doing it tomorrow. So we'll hope you join us then. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, requests can be made. I fulfilled some requests a couple of weeks ago. I'll be honored to do it again. Just give them to me. Um, we have our Facebook group now called East Style Classic. We're on Twitter now at East Style Classic. You can always message me, Eric Hinton, if you can't get me on any of these others. And um, we still have our countdown here on Spotify and Anchor. Just look us up. 
day or night, anytime. We'll be here. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Until then, of course, as always, Notorious Biggie Style telling you to put your hair up and square up. We will catch you tomorrow.